Uh, welcome to episode two of Alpha Hours. The photographers are in. It's nice that you can say the name this time. Yeah, right. We we finally got a name uh, figured out. It was actually kind of a. I like to say this. I always say this. Serendipitous. It was a serendipitous thing coming up with the name to our podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something collegiate about it. I kind of like that. Hence the font. Hence the font. Yeah, I found that on the internet, dafont.com. So, <laughs> love uh, that site. Ooh, we should ask for a sponsorship. I love David. Them. I've been using do you like them for desi- years. You're like, David, do you like designing beautiful pieces of work? I do, Ashton, but I can never find the right font. Well, you should look up dafont.com where you have access to literally hundreds of thousands of perfectly designed fonts. Huh. I will have to check that out tomorrow. You could check it out on their Squarespace website. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going hard on the paint for that sponsorship money. Um, Squarespace, seriously, though, let us know. We, uh, we like what you do. <laughs> Speak right, for well, yourself. To- I just signed yeah. up with another person. I can't sponsor oh, that well, shit. No, I mean, okay, yeah, just... I say that, I'm on format, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if any of you guys are listening, web hosting giants, uh, we are here and we'll, I'll show for you. Just uh, maybe not David, he has integrity, but I'll definitely show for you. Um, all right. So welcome to office hours guys. Um, so glad to be with, uh, so glad you're here with us, uh, where we talk about the things that people generally don't talk about in photography circles or in creative circles and occasionally what cameras not to buy. Um, I'd like to say that one. It's like my favorite, like odd point about our podcast. Um, it's going to be the only sticking point to our podcast. It's the thing that happens every time, no matter what. They're going to be like that podcast that Ash and David make is actually really good, but skip all the way to the 50 minute mark where they talk about what camera not to buy. Yep, totally. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, thanks for joining us on episode two. Um, I think David, you want to start us off today? Yeah, I think uh, going back to our lists, we're looking at a kind of uh, exploring creative habits. And I think really what we're kind of looking into is as creatives and as people who are constantly trying to push the envelope forward and make new things, there are um, there are things that we have to do in our minds and in our daily lives to do that. And I'm kind of curious as to what you do, especially being uh, newer to not getting up and going to an office every day. Um, because that's, that's a big thing. When you get up and go somewhere, it's easy to, uh, get into a routine because there's other people around you, you know, uh, things are happening. There's the water cooler and the coffee machine and there's talk and there's that. And there are sometimes days and maybe weeks where I get up and I don't maybe have that. I don't have human contact. I I walk from my living room to my studio and it's up to me to kind of come up with a routine and, and keep the creativity flowing, even when I might not be working every day. Totally. No, I totally get this. Um, and I will say that when I used to be a, a full-time working stiff, like I'd go into the office slash the studio, um, my agency gig, like, I don't know. I, I think for me, what I always find is that when I wake up in the morning, those, that first like hour and a half, two hours is like my most productive productive time. My brain is kind of like, it's like it's a little sleepy, but it's working. It's like, it's focused on what do I need to do today. And so, um, you know, as I was kind of wrapping up my time there, I found myself kind of squeezing a little bit more of that like ramp up time in the morning and kind of delaying my entry into the office. Like I would get in a little bit later because I would wake up and crack my laptop open just because my brain was kind of like already going. It was on, it was on fire. Um, Cause what I did realize is when I got ready, I got in the car, I commuted through Atlanta's uh, terrible traffic. By the time I got to the office, my brain was shot. Like I was already tired. Um, like I didn't want to like, I've been sitting in the car bumper to bumper for, you know, 45 minutes. And I get into the office. It's like, okay, well now I need a cup of coffee. That's another 15 minutes. Well, now I'm gonna get to my desk and plug in my, my laptop to the monitor and all that. And before you know it, you're an hour and a half into your day. I'm using magic air quotes hmm. and you haven't done anything. And your brain is already kind of just like mentally tapped out in terms of like the creativity part of it. Right. You can still function and do like all the, you know, administrative things. Like you answer emails, you pick up the phone, you call people back, that kind of stuff. Like that sure. doesn't take a lot of compute power. I don't think. Um, but it was like if you had, you know, a bunch of pixel pushing to do or you needed to think through, uh, you know, a lighting setup or, a, you know, 
a set design. Those are the things that take a little bit more of your brain and I think your creativity to kind of think through from like soup to nuts what that is going to do or look like or end up being. Mm -hmm. And so I would try to almost push those tasks to the very front of my day. Um, just because I feel like when I, when I got up, that was like when my brain was most ready to tackle those things. Yeah. Well, you're and, fresh and you're new and you're not yeah, bogged down absolutely. with, you know, 12 or 14 hours of bullshit, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like, you know, as you get to the day, I mean, I would always hit a lunchtime lull. Like I'd come back and I'd be like, I don't know what to do. Um, so as far as creative habits go, I don't know. I think now that I, I, I come down to my home office and I start my day there, I'm almost kind of jump starting the day right from that. You know, um, I still try to adhere to a schedule cause I, I do think that I'm, I'm the kind of person that if I wake up at 10 o'clock, um, I feel like I've wasted my entire day. And I mean, obviously I know that the entire day is still ahead of you. And I think for most freelancers or most folks that work for themselves, they probably keep, uh, untraditional office hours. Yeah. Um, which I still do, but I think for me, it's like waking up and being downstairs by like eight thirty is kind of or nine at the latest is kind of like all right, I'm I'm here at work. Magic air quotes again. Yeah. Um, and I'm able to kind of get the day going. So, I think there's there's a uh, I, I know photographers that that do sleep till ten or eleven and then get up and start their day. Um, I think part of it is that the the realm of photography that you're in, like me kind of doing a lot of advertising and commercial work like the the agencies are up at 9 yep. a.m you know what i mean yep. like the, the people i work for are up at 9 a.m and they need me to respond to them or you know we, we're doing stuff and so there's calls and there's you know so even though i don't work in an office i'm abiding by office hours you know you're absolutely right i mean like that's when business is is being conducted and it's right. like do you want to be part of that conversation or not right and so i um, but i do find myself you know so i i do work a nine to five in in a sense and then from five till midnight i'm doing all the other stuff um you know that 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 i left behind depending on how busy the day was and i don't know i guess there for me this is probably just how strange I am. Um, but I find that like, there are certain parts of the day where my brain functions better for certain tasks. Definitely. So I think like in the morning, it's very much sometimes the, like the conceptual bits, like thinking through, you know, a shot list or a set design or, you know, a gear, a gear list. If I needed to put one together, kind of the, the, some they're, they're administrative, but they're create creative administrative yeah. tasks. And then for some strange reason, for some odd reason, I do like my best editing, like pixel pushing in the trenches, you know, let's get Photoshop and some headphones on. And that happens, that happens for me usually like really late at night. Like I'll, really? I'll get into, yeah, for me, I get into like, I don't know, I'm, I have the weirdest working hours. Like, you know, come 10 o'clock, I'm ready to go. And it's like, let me sit down and crunch through this until 2 a.m. And that will be like, hardcore edit everyone's asleep that kind of thing um that helps you know, too well, well i mean maybe i don't know maybe my sleep my sleep schedule is terrible it's always always has been well i mean it helps um, that everybody else is asleep no i think it gives so, you yeah, the absolutely. quiet time absolutely there's like there's fewer distractions there's no email there's no yeah. there's no contracts to get back to people or estimates to build um and so you can kind of really just hammer into the finer detail points i don't know i think with me editing is always i can't just do it piecemeal i can't be like uh you know 15 minutes here 20 minutes there an yeah, hour no here it's like i need to just dive in and be locked in for like four hours yeah i need to you get know? through it i gotta slog through it and and that always happens for me between the hours of like you know 10 a.m to whenever i close it up or you know pass out in front of my machine um <laughs> 10 p.m or 10 a.m 10, 10 p.m. 10 p.m. Okay. Yeah, I mean, because what I'll do is I'll like I'll I'll do my day and I'll do most of the administrative stuff throughout the course of the day. You know, getting back to people, writing estimates out, and I might I might I mean I'll pixel push if I have to, like if I have a lot of it, um, knowing that I can put it down and like pick up other things while I do it. It's like oh I'll edit for an hour and then oh someone will email me. Okay, let me get back to them so I'm you know right. being on top of stuff. You're interrupted. <laughs> yeah, well I mean that's just the way that you know that's the way the world works. It's like you know people are working and they're doing their thing and if they ask you questions like customer service wise like your best bet is to try to get back to them as, as soon as possible. Yeah. And I think that's sometimes a struggle for I don't know anyone that runs their own shop um, is that on the, the grand scheme of the day like getting all that kind of stuff done while also kind of maintaining all your other bits. 
Yeah, being um, a photographer is, is a lot of business. Yeah, it really, well, and, and I think that's the part that people, I mean, in, I'm probably preaching to the choir on this one, but like, you know, so little of what I do day to day is making the art. Right. You know, it's, it's so much of my day is taken up with like talking theoretically about maybe doing some art and then, you know, meeting with someone about possibly doing some of that art or showing some people art I've already made for someone else that maybe they might be interested in doing and, or, you know, researching things that I can do to make my art better. I don't know. There's like a lot of that stuff. Um, so when it comes to the creative side, because I, I deal with this a lot too, where I'll, I'll go through maybe five or six days where the camera's been in the bag. It has not come out. I haven't made anything. I've just been talking about making something. And so what, you know, what, what kind of things do you do to keep yourself on track with always having something to do or something to make? Cause I think, you know, you can stall out real easily and just become all business without, you know, it's easy to forget the creative side sometimes and, and just kind of be like, man, I'm, I'm freaking tired tonight. I'm not gonna, you know, think about making something tomorrow. I'm just going to go to bed and get up and answer more emails. I'm like nodding my head in like complete, <laughs> complete agreement. No, you're absolutely right. Um, and so remember last episode, we talked about like how I just get weird and like, I hate everything I make creatively. And, yeah. and then I get upset about it and I go change that, I go make something. And I think that's honestly what it is for me. It's like, I'll get slogged into the day to day of like answering emails and marketing and you know, well, all that stuff. Yeah. And then you, I mean, you have to be super intentional about it. Like for me, it was like, I need to make this thing that I'm going to hold myself to try to do every day. That's somewhat creative. And, and then I'm going to finish the drill, you know, and, and I will say that I'm not the perfect example of it cause I don't do it every day. Um, but I do think to your point, like when the camera sat in the bag for three or four days straight, you know, it's almost a little cabin feverish. You can feel it. You like, you know it, you know it in the back of your head. I get and nervous because I, I think, I think, holy crap, I spent that much money on all this equipment and I haven't used it in three days. Like what a waste. I go real deep with it. <laughs> I get real, real deep, real quick and, and start I mean, beating myself three days, up. Is it like a, a massive amount of, I feel like if it was like a God, week, maybe a week and a half, you know, three <laughs> days is like, I've had a busy, you know, a busy business week. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, the other part of it is like in terms of breaking up the day, you know, um, gosh, there was like, it's all about, like, I, I saw this, I, I don't know. I, I watched Casey Neistat. I think a lot of, I mean, just about mm -hmm. everybody does. He's got like 10 million subscribers. So pretty much anyone that listens to this probably watches him too. But like, I remember one of his vlogs a long time ago talked about him breaking up his day and he used some kind of like domino metaphor. Like he like lined them up and it was like, yes. and my day is 10 separate dominoes. Right. And so I have to parse them into four different categories, meetings, personal, stuff, whatever, like he had different categories for each mm -hmm. thing. And I almost think about it in the same way. So, you know, for me, I have like the, the morning half of my day is like blocked off to administrative. Um, somewhere in the afternoon, I'll try to do something like marketing related. Like I'll reach out to a contact that I've been talking with and like, try to see like if they're available for lunch or, um, I'll try to put some social stuff together for like my Instagram fodder or, or I'll try to update my website um, with any of the new work that I've been, you know, trying to make. Um, and then in the afternoon, like I, usually for me, it's like like the three to four o'clock hour. If I'm not completely underwater, um, I'll try to make a conscious effort to like put everything down and like go take a walk outside. That's you know, it's just, smart. Well, and it's it's for me, it's just one of those things where a little like I don't know. I, I think anytime you're sitting in front of a monitor all day. You know, I don't know, half the reason we do this is because we don't have job jobs, right? right? So, like, if we're going to sit in front of a monitor and watch the day go by, that doesn't that doesn't really seem to be using the benefit of being your your own boss, kind of thing, you know? Definitely. So, taking like that, being super intentional, being like, you know what, for twenty minutes, I'm going to go walk outside. I'm just going to go get some fresh air. I'm going to see yeah. the daylight while it's still there, and it's, try to enjoy a little bit of it. It's funny because it, I had this happen. I very easily fall into ruts and I had this happen at my last studio, which you were at, which was really only three rooms. There was two offices and 2,100 square feet of shooting space. And then even, even my new studio is, it's the same square footage. It's actually broken up into another like three or four rooms, I guess. Um, but what I found is that like, I would sit in the same chair every day at the same desk, right? 
And then all of a sudden one day I was like, wait, I'm paying for all this space. I've got all this. I could move around every day. I could try something different. I could sit over there. I could sit over there. I've got all this other space that I should be sitting in and playing with. And, and I found that the more I move around, the more I kind of like get inspired by certain things. Like if I sit in the daylight studio, I get to see what the daylight looks like at 7 a.m., which yeah. maybe I didn't ever do. And, and now I know that when the client calls and says, we're looking for this feel, I can be like, actually... Actually, at 7 I, have, I know exactly where that, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I didn't even know my own space is what it felt like. And so, I don't know. I think part of where you sit and how you interact with your space even, if there's nobody else to interact with, has a lot to do with, you know, fostering creativity on a day-to-day basis. Oh, absolutely. No, I, I mean, you know, if you're, if, if you're out there listening to this and you're part of the, 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 part, the like, the working world, the part of contributing society that goes to an office every day. Um, obviously like, you know, we try to make this podcast for everybody knowing that like you, there's creativity inherently in everything that you can do, whether it be an office job or the arts or whatever, insert thing here. And so I, I think, you know, the feelings of feeling creatively stale or just feeling kind of stale in general are, they don't, they don't just, they're not exclusive to photographers. Um, so I think I'm, I'm tying this all back in, I promise. The idea I'm that when you. I used to go to my agency job every day, um, you know, I used to commute the same exact way every day. Like I take this road to this road, to the highway, to that lane, to this road, to this back street, to the parking deck. And there's like that whole idea that people tell you to like change your commute, like go a different route and it gets your brain thinking in a different way. Yeah. Um, that was one of those things I tried to do, you know, to mix it up. It's like that idea that a change of scenery will do you some good. And not going through the notions of like the same method or the same thing every day will help sure. kind of mentally, you know, shake you up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I, cause I think that's, I mean, you're absolutely right. It's the idea that, you know, you, for the studio, you know, you have that entire space. You can sprawl out if you want to. I think like my last, my last six months, um, at the office, like at the agency where I was moving around all the time, I spent I tried to spend as little time at my desk as humanly possible. It's like I'd go sit in the studio or I'd go down to like, they had a really uh, nice like kitchen area that was like, you know, had booths and stuff like that ping pong Mm -hmm. table and all that. So it's like, I'd go sit down there amongst the noise and like kind of drink it all in. It's like, it's, it's part of the environment, you know? Um, when some days I would like, I would say, Hey, you know, I'm going to duck out and go finish up the day from a coffee shop. It's like, just the change of scenery sometimes yeah. it just helps it really it's helps. funny i never i've never been one for dining out by myself i'm one of those people who can't go out by myself i'm just not good at it i get real self-conscious real quick and <laughs> yeah and so but it was maybe uh well it was a month and a half ago i i got i just got up one morning and i went to starbucks i drove to starbucks and i ordered my regular drink and i sat down at a table which i've never done at a starbucks and I sat there for like two and a half hours and worked. And the whole, it was weird. I mean, the first 15 minutes, I was like, you freaking loser sitting here by yourself. Cause that's what I always think. And then all of a sudden, like I started to get used to it. And then I started to like hang out and look around. And then I had like the best time, like working and people watching and like listening to other conversations. And like, I ended up coming home with so much new creative fodder in my head based on the conversations i'd overheard and i was like i should do this more often i should get out of my studio because there's not people there every day and go out and like so maybe this is maybe this is something that i'm going to tie it back into the creative habits part maybe this is something i should do once a week i should get up and go to starbucks and work for two hours just to kind of mix things up a little bit yeah i mean i I know creative habits wise i think of them as almost like little like they're like calisthenics for your creativity Mm mm-hmm right? Like the, the equivalent of jumping jacks or pushups. It's like, these are small things that you can do to help kind of get your brain out of the same old, same old, obviously habit, habitual things being like reoccurring regular. Um, but I think they're, they're like almost like jump starters. you know, it's like the kindling for creativity. Um, I don't know, just because I feel like with so many things that I've done over my time, it's like you do it enough and then it gets a little dry. And so you need something to kind of mix it up. I don't know. I almost think like the challenge for when I go to coffee shops is, and it depends on how much work I have to do. Like if I really got to hammer in and get something done, then the challenge is then like, it's almost like a fun challenge is I'm going to be amongst all the noise and all the, you know, the, the hustle and bustle. 
focus your brain and channel it all out, you know, like a little Zen thing yeah, and really get into like that workflow, you know? I think uh, on our, on a, on a, going back to the not being around people and not, you know, um, not, not kind of having that day to day schedule. Like you have to create your own and you have to do things on your own and you have to push yourself forward. And, and so, you know, I know personally in the last year, um, I have a hair and makeup, uh, crew that, that I work with on the regular, which is kind of nice. Cause we get to know each other and we get to, you know, we're friends. We've been friends for years and, mm-hmm. and we started like getting together like once a month and I should say like once every other month or once every three months and kind of like getting a couple models in and just kind of trying some stuff out, you know, playing around. Nobody was there to tell you what to do or tell you you're doing it wrong. It was just like, and if it didn't work, it was like, well, let's see how we can make this work. And so we did it a couple of times and, and then we kind of got to the point where we were like, you know what, we should really put this on the calendar. Like this should be something that we do every month. And, and it ended up being this like day that we book. Um, it's become a habitual thing. You know, it's in the calendar, like a job and we book it three to four months out. And we, I mean, now we, you know, we book models and we, we spend eight hours shooting and just coming up with stuff and like it's become this um this thing all of a sudden you know and like uh, and i've shared a lot of the work on 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 social um and i know people have said like well that's not you're not being paid for that stuff and it's like yeah but it doesn't matter like i might as well be getting paid for it because what this is doing is keeping me fresh keeping me sharp and honestly the 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 stuff that i'm creating on those days is going to land me the next big job and so what started off as like, oh, let's just have fun and order some pizza and paint some faces and take some pictures has become part of my monthly work habit. It's it's something that I do. And if I don't do it, I know that it's going to affect me in a negative way, or I feel that way at least. No, I like this. It's almost like, I'll use a music thing here. Like it's, it's your... It's your jam session, right? It's mm-hmm. like, a, hey, I'm going to get some other players together and we're just going to, we're going to riff off each other's stuff for yeah. a little bit, you know, and you know, while that doesn't like, it doesn't serve a purpose, a, a purpose other than to like keep you fresh and keep your mind going and, you know, rolling with the changes and trying something different. I don't know. Those, I feel like any, it's like creativity and habits are, it's, it's, I don't know. They're, someone's going to call me out on this one, but like, I, I almost, I almost think that like, you can you can have habitual things within the creati- within your creativity but like i almost feel like creativity in itself is always something it's it's about exploration right like correct it's about trying trying something new it's about you know exploring the outer edges of a thing that you maybe you've done a handful of times before you know um because if it's the same then it just becomes like it's normal right like right. that's not and I think creatively, and from the way I see it, is it's it's something different. It's something that you, I don't know, you feel it out. I don't, I, I'm I trying to like come up with the better words on this, but like, <laughs> you know, it's 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 something that you don't. You just you have to explore it. You you can't just. It's not something you just drive in and flip a switch and oh, it's it's going. It's, it's working today. Right, but as a as a professional photographer, that is exactly what it is. You're expected to walk into the studio, flip a freaking switch, and make shit happen immediately. You know what I mean? And I think that no, yeah. I think that you're able to do that though, only because you practice, for lack of better words, in between. I think that my like, I don't know. This is less romantic than than yours, um, <laughs> but like. I view my job as a photographer sometimes very much as like the artist, like, oh yes, artiste, like let me, let me pick up my, my, my brushes and my paints and let's make some wonderful, beautiful things here. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes I think of it almost like you would think of like a contractor, like it's going to build you a, an add on to your house or yeah. reno your bathroom. It's like sometimes the, the widget I'm helping you make today is, is it's, it's just execution, right? It's like, it's coming in and um, today I'm going to build a bathroom, you know, yeah. like today I'm going to make a headshot, you know, so. Push the button. And, yeah, well, and I think like, obviously, you know, 
those people, hopefully those people hire me because of how I push the button and how, like, you know, the, you hire the contract because of how he builds the bathroom. And um, so I, I don't know. I, I think that perhaps there's some kind of middle ground on that, but yeah, I mean, some days it's like, yep, today I'm hired to, to make a widget. I am, it's like a craftsman job versus like a, an artist job. Right. Um, and do you find that you get wrapped up in, in the difference between those? I don't think about them all that often. Um, I, I mean, only when I'm like having, you know, 30,000 feet conversations with you about it, do I like really think, Oh yeah, that was more of a, that was a widget making versus an art making thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, like with, with the widget making portion, there is some artist, obviously there's artistry that goes with it. It's years of technique and understanding how light works and all that stuff to kind of make that happen. I think the artistry is more in the, the, the process than the product. Um, you know, in a sense that it's like working with talent, I think is a, is a skill in itself. It's like, it's, it's something that requires finesse, you know, like, because you, you, you have to, like, you have to extract something from your, from your talent. And, you know, on the other flip side of that, your talent is responding to how you work with them. Right. So like they'll, if they're professional talent, especially though, they're only going to do what you tell them to do. Mm -hmm. And so, and everyone does that thing differently just because we're people. Right. And so as a photographer, I think about it as like, Maybe my widget today was a headshot, for example, which I think is, you know, more or less a pretty straightforward thing. But then the artistry component of it is like, well, let me, let me extract the, you know, the, the smile that I need, the eyes that I need, the, that emotion from that subject to get what I want, um, or what ultimately they might want. Um, yeah, it's not always the grandiose lighting scheme. That's the creative part. It it could, it could be the fact that you're a freaking wizard with people. Yeah, we 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 have talked about this before, and I've said this in other venues. But like, being creative doesn't mean you painted the nicest picture. You know, sometimes it means that you came up with the most clever way to do something. You know, creativity is, is a problem solving thing. It's not necessarily like, oh wow, he took a great photo, or he lit that, or he painted that, or drew that. It it could just be like wow, he came up with a really great way to solve that problem. That's creativity as well. You know, and there's... It totally vibes with my definition of professional photographer, just problem solver. Correct. Yes, yeah. always. You're always there to just make sure that whatever goes wrong or whatever people can't do, you're going to help them out and make it right. Totally. That's, you know, that's, uh, you know, our, our, I think we've talked about this before and, and, Chase Jarvis, uh, photographer out of Seattle who started Creative Live, um, he preaches this on a on the regular about how creativity is going to, you know, make the world move forward. Because it's not about making something pretty, it's about solving the world's problems. And you gotta think differently and be creative in order to do that. And I, I think that that's a, that's a very strong statement. And it's, you know, so, you know, when I I'm going to wrap it all the way back to minute one. When we talk about like, hey, creative habits, it's more than just like, what pretty thing did you do today? It's like, no, how did you think to change the world in a different way? Or how did you think to come up with a different solution to your client's problem today? And like, and how do you keep yourself on track to do that over and over again? Because what we're asked to do as photographers and professional photographers in any venue is make shit happen when it's not happening. No, absolutely. I absolutely agree. I think even in, in, let's, let's even weave some more into this. The, the idea of creativity being the break from the norm, mm-hmm. right? Creativity being the untraditional solution. And to get there, you know, you, the habitual things are maybe, maybe the habitual things are the ways you break the norm, break the pattern of normal, right? It's, it's, it's not something you do, like what you do to get creative is to, to not do the normal thing, right? Like not, not do what you're used to doing. Right. Um, cause I think with, I don't know, the definite, like when you think about habits, you think about the same thing over and over and over to get you a desired result, like good habits, like eating a good eating habit means you always eat healthy. Right. But like, I think with creativity, it's almost like it's hard to, it's hard to lock into it by doing the same thing over and over and over again. 
I think habitually doing something like doing a creative thing habitually will get you mastery. Mm-hmm. Mastery in that one like particular string of that. Right. But I almost think about creativity in a sense where it's like that's like how do we be different? How do we how do we how is it how is it unusual from the norm? Right. Which is funny because you've you've segued us nicely into topic mm. number two, which is the need for constant creative change. You know, how do you how do you keep up with that and how do you keep it moving forward without getting bogged down and bored and whatnot? And I think, you know, part of this came up we talked about this briefly is that you know, I had I had uh, dinner this year, maybe six months ago, with a lawyer friend of mine who she had been in a relationship with a, a photographer, and he was constantly trying to reinvent himself every whatever three months, six months, and and she was kind of like, "Wow, I just want to like finish my lawyering and come home, have my glass of Chardonnay, and hang out." And then go do it again tomorrow. Like, I don't need to reinvent the wheel every day or every week or every month or whatever. You know, like, I'm I'm content in where I am in life. And I think as creatives, you just made me air quote. I just did it. Um, as creatives, that we constantly are looking for that. We're like, oh, we got to stay on top of it. Got to be at the top of your creative game. Got to keep changing things up. Um, that's tough, man. That's because what you're really doing is setting yourself up. You know, nobody else is here being like, wow, hey, Ashton, you should really kick up your game here. It's all up to you. Yeah, and I, I guess, oh gosh, here we, I'm thinking about this, like I'm getting all deep on it, but to kind of tie these together, I mean, I don't know. I think about some some creatives, I think about like the photographer uh, Platten. Yeah. Like his work is absolutely incredible yeah it's it's incredible but it's very much the same so it's like remember how we like i mentioned like the idea of like if you do something enough it's you create mastery in it correct like i i don't think anyone would question he's a creative person right um like i don't think anyone would say he's not creative but like he has a look and he has a thing like that's his that's his look. Same camera, same light, same seat. Yeah. Every yeah. shot. Every shot. Mm-hmm. But it's incredible what he what he pulls from his subjects. Yeah. It's that's the create the, the creativity is in the in the, the subject, right? It's in the mastery of pulling, extracting out that that person. look, that yeah. person, that that you know, that personality. Yeah. Um have you seen on Netflix so, um abstract? Yes. Okay. So he's, he's one of the, they do one of the abstract is this, like it's a season and there's maybe eight episodes and he is one of the episodes. They do an entire episode on him and he talks about how he's, it's not even same camera, same light, same box. He's used the same damn box, literally his entire career. You know, his lighting is, it's one light with a crappy stained umbrella (laughs) that he's had forever. You know, it's, and he talks about how it's not about that. Although he does love his Hasselblad, man. <laughs> you know, but he talks about how it's extracting that emotion or that thing from that person. And he talks about all the different heads of state and people and importance and, you know, all, all the the differences that that have been presented to him over the years and how he's, that's what he's a master at. He's a master of getting that. Yeah. Well, and okay, so like, but like for him for constant creative change i mean i don't know the like there's no the change is in the subject but like i i don't think that you build a body of work like that by changing your method you know what i mean mm, like true i don't know maybe there's just a, like for me i think about like is the the need for constant creative change comes and I say this as someone who's very guilty of that, um, like like the need for change. But I think there's a there's something to be said about folks of the old guard. And I say the old guard. I don't mean that to be offensive. But like those that are seasoned, that are veterans in what we do, or in the creative works, where there was there was a comfort in knowing that like your one niche, your one piece of the craft that you could master 
you know, I, I don't think that Platten goes, man, I need to really just up my game and change what I'm doing to do something that someone else is doing. I think he just focuses on doing himself. Like, I'm going to do what I want to do and how I'm going to do it forever. Like, that's it. That, True. That's my, that's my thing. Have um, you ever looked at his website, by the way? Yes. Yeah, I'm literally looking at it right now. He does stuff that I would have never thought was his. <laughs> right? He's got, yeah. He's got those portraits. And he's got that, you know, but like if you go into his advertising section, like there's this spot he did for Nissan and I'm going like, what? That was you? I would have never in my wildest dreams guessed it. So maybe there's that, you know, like we know Platin for those pictures on a box, right? Those portraits, those faces. But, but, you know, we all know like, sorry, the cover of a big magazine doesn't enable you to be a a well-off photographer you know like they don't those budgets aren't as big as they used to be you know whenever and so you have to do advertising or you have to do whatever else to kind of you got to be well-rounded to make a decent living and so it's funny i've just i've never looked at his website as a whole and gone through the other things i'm going like wow like this guy has done so much different stuff like he's got uh, advertisements for for Bushmills whiskey. Like I would have never thought. Well, that's a platinum portrait. <laughs> so maybe that's his constant. Maybe that's his creative change. You know, it's like those are the things that. I, he, if he was to listen to this, he'd be like, "These two dudes from the states are lost." Totally. <laughs> and I would agree with him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely would. Um, I, I, I guess to kind of back it up to where I was going with saying that I'm guilty of it too. I think anyone that knows me knows that like I like if you want to if you want to know what it's like to have a destructive thought on your own work like know a photographer because like we go through these like these we I mean me I go through these things of like I mean I've said this like for two episodes now where I hate everything I do right can't I'm not good enough I need to be better I need to try to do something that David's doing or I need to try to do something that Platin's doing and uh that whole reinvention thing like I don't know sometimes I would totally be like I would be so down if I was just like yeah I'm gonna go do my job today from nine to five or whatever those hours are and I'm gonna put it away and I won't touch it again till tomorrow yeah um, I, I've, I've joked with people before that like, like photography is not necessarily just my vocation. It's more or less like my life because when I'm off the clock, I'm reading about it. I'm in, I'm looking at other artists work. I'm seeing what their inspiration was. I'm trying to dig through, pick apart their lighting and how that was done from a technical standpoint. I try to look at, you know, the, the, the subjects and say like what were they thinking how were they how did that person extract that from them where were they at that time where how did they happen to find themselves at the right place at the right time to capture that one particular thing and And you're doing it for fun i'm doing it for fun that's just because like that's where my brain goes it's like it's what i like to do so but i i don't think most people do that like if and you know i'm about to offend a bunch of accountants out there but if you're like a cpa and you're like yeah when i get off work today i'm gonna go read on you know like tax compliance for three hours before I go to sleep. It's like, I don't think that happens in most, in most careers um, or most, you know, vocations. But I think if you're, if you are in a creative slot, you know, like I think, and I think a lot of people that are in those creative trades will probably agree with this, but like, you know, if you play guitar for a living, like you play it for a living, you make your, you make your, you make your hay and then you put it down. But then when you get home, do you never touch a guitar when you get home? Do you never look at music? Do you not listen to something and try to think about how you would pick that apart? Like, no, you, you pick it up and you, you strum and you play and you do all that stuff. You work at it. Yeah. And it's, it's purely for, a, you know, for there it's recreational, but like it, it's, it's deeper than just a vocation, right? Like it goes, it has roots. Um, yeah. And there are also, I know guitar players, I know photographers, I know, you know, a lot of different, whatever people that they not only do they go to work and do their thing when they do come home and noodle around or look on the internet or whatever they're looking at what other people are doing in different arenas right they're not just looking at like so 
let's just do it. If I'm a metal guitar player, right? Like, do I come home and just listen to metal? No, do I listen absolutely. to classical and do I listen to funk and do I yeah. listen? I mean, like, you, I, I feel like in order to be a well-rounded, well-rounded creative, you have to open yourself up to all the other stuff that's happening in the world. Well, you you need to study the craft, right? Not not just your not world, just yours. like your not your worldview, but everyone else's too. No, I totally get that. I vibe with that entirely. Um, I think for me, like the past like year and a half. I've been really, really, really big into like, like, like motion work, like film work, video, right. and I follow. I start following a handful of DPs um, out there in the industry, and just really starting to appreciate the style and look and the way that they build their their productions. Um, and then somehow or another, I think that that has worked its way into how I make my stuff. You know. Um, I think about like the way they use set design or the way that they use natural light to build off of, you know, artificial, um, like, cause I think before I started doing that, I was very much like following photographers that were very much like all studio setups. Like, let me look at every studio light setup from everyone that's can do X, Y, or Z. And it's like, yeah, I want to light everything artificially. And now I'm in this, like this groove where it's like, okay, let me supplement with artificial to help help shape a little bit better but knowing that i'm going to think intentionally about you know what natural light's doing what and how i'm going to use like the set design and the light that that gives off to build a thing um but you're not chasing it you're not like chasing one thing after the other you know like oh my god no. I, I do i do studio stuff and now i need to go do whatever natural light like you know i mean you're not you're not chasing it you're just kind of appreciating all of it and you're thinking like oh i can work this in over here and i can work this in over here and yeah and i think it's like it's you're you're building uh, you're building your own your own style in terms of but by by implementing what you see out there that you enjoy right like i think that's the kind of the the challenge then becomes like okay well then how do i mix two, like a hard light and a soft light or two light or two different color light sources in a unique way and like i think that like for my photo brain before i started doing this was like i very much dislike two different color light sources that is disturbing to me and i don't like it at all and then I started looking at how, you know, like um, John Matishak, who is an incredible DP out of Nashville. Um, he's like, he's the one thing I think of like that comes immediately to mind is he did the the music video for Leon Bridges. Um, I don't think I've seen it. It's it's gorgeous, uh, beyond. Yeah, it's incredible. Like, like incredible set. Like his whole like who, the team that he worked with on that, they did a bang up job. I mean, this incredible set design very unique ways of using simple light setups to build this beautiful just production of like just incredible shots i mean you could watch it on mute and it's beautiful to watch <laughs> um but then i started thinking okay well like let me start mixing you know my studio strobes with with like n available light sources and how that builds a mood for a shot it's like these cinematics are like a cinematic type of look right um it's easy to to clobber someone over the head with a dramatic scheme. It's much harder to blend it and make it. Subtle. Yeah, well, you know it, what I mean. Like, and that and that yeah, that becomes a challenge. And I think that that's I mean that's where I've tried to poke around in my exploration time, right? Like, how does that work? How do you kind of finagle that with what, like, with the stuff that I have? You know. Totally. Um, yeah. No. No. Um, I'll say all this for anyone listening out there, talk to a photographer uh, and you will truly know what it's like to just be sad all the time. <laughs> I love all my stuff until I don't anymore. And then I love someone else's stuff. Right. And, and then, then you want to go, and then you, then you want to go do that. Yeah. Then I want to go do that. Yeah. It would be nice to be like, you know, just if you see a photographer, just be like, yo, man, Hey lady, just, just chill. Just give him a hug. Yeah. Give him a hug. Like it's going to be okay. okay. The things you make are beautiful and they're awesome in their own respect. And you should be proud of that. It's tough though, man. Cause you, you get bogged down with what you're doing and then you see what somebody else is doing. You're thinking, man, I got to go that way because clearly they're churning out work and I'm churning out crap, even though I'm sure somebody else somewhere in the world is looking at you and going, that guy's doing amazing. You know, like it's hard to remember that. And it's hard to stop yourself from thinking, 
I need to uproot everything I'm doing creatively right now and go do something else. You don't need to do that. No, and I think you're absolutely right. I think that like, it's the whole, if you keep coming to work and doing, repeating the drill and finishing it, like what's gonna happen is you'll get that mastery, right? Like, and when you have mastery, that's when the exploration really gets fun, right? Yeah. Um, so like, don't stop before you get to the finish line because it's like right over the hill. You just got to get over the crest. And I say this knowing that I should probably take my own advice. I was going to say. Yeah, I don't know, who am I to talk? Um, yeah, totally, 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 totally. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, we're at, uh, we're, we're, we're pushing like 50 minutes right now. Oh, okay, there we go. So, okay, so, yeah, go ahead. Let's what do, do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take us, I'm gonna segue us abruptly into our last topic, which is, uh, somewhat of a camera review but not really okay um last episode you posed to me the nikon uh z7 i believe mm -hmm. right you mm -hmm. asked my take on it yes 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 and so this time around i'm going to throw one at you all and right here that we go is the i'm ready ready the sony a7 III. this is like the hot new mirrorless obviously everybody knows it's you know, it's a sexy little camera, and it's priced right. Feelings on it? Have you touched one, first of all? Um, I used a Sony A7R two. What's what are they on now? Well, so they're so this is the I'm I'm posing to you the A7 III. So wait, what are they on on the R series? On the, the R series, they're up to the three as well. How how recently? Uh, three months ago. Four uh, within the last year, six months. <laughs> I. Yeah, you know, that's the 42 megapixel one, That's right? the 42 megapixel. It also costs around 30-something hundred dollars. Yeah, I've used the A7R three. Okay. Um, and I, I, so I haven't touched this, the A7 three, which I hear is, like, making a lot of buzz because of, like, it being awesome and price, price right. Under and all that two stuff. grand. You know, I don't know. I, I, on the whole, Sony's cameras, they are technical marvels, the way that they manage to squeeze in all that tech into such a small body. My take, and this is coming from a guy that uses Fuji for most of his professional work. Um, like I used to be a Canon guy, then I converted a couple years ago, and I've been all in on Fuji ever since. Which I occasionally rent the Canon body when I need something bigger or with longer battery life or lens selection. Uh, and then if I have like a really big job, I'll get I'll get one of David's cameras. I'll get like a phase and pretend I'm really really cool nope. and try to try to hack it with the rest of them. Um, that said, I didn't really like Sony. I really. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and I, I only rented one, so I only gave, like, how much can you really feel something out in three days? Um, you know, there's only so many shooting situations you can get into on, on a gig, you know, if you only rent it for one gig. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't love it. I think that, like, I was impressed with the output and once I, like, looked at everything on a computer, but, like, the execution of which, like, the the fiddling in, in shoot, yeah. like, when I'm working with it, I just didn't love the tool. Um, I, I thought it was a little, little ham-fisted. Um, you thought it was like clunky, or yeah, it was like the, the the menu system was a little clunky for me. Like it just didn't work. And I obviously like I'm gonna have a bunch of Sony hate mail coming at me hard. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying it's a bad camera. I'm just saying it just didn't work for how my brain works. Um, and I'm, I probably didn't like menu, like set up all the custom functions well enough for what I needed to do. Remember I did it for a job. So it's like you, you get the camera a day early, you, you learn as much as you can, you try it. And like the job went perfectly. The execution was fine. Like the files are great. Um, but like the using of which, like I was just not, I didn't have trouble, but I didn't love it. I just wasn't like, wow, this is so much fun. Hmm. I was like, oh, okay, this, this is fine. Um, and I think the other small beef that I had was um, the uh, EVF, the electronic viewfinder. I think it's. I think at that point it was. It's lower resolution than the Fuji one, or unless okay. the refresh rate might be lower. I don't. I don't know. I'm not tech, super technical. Um, and I didn't feel like it was like as responsive. You know, like it wasn't like a. Yeah, I felt like the color was a little weak. The it looked a little blurry. So like the output was fine. The pictures, the files were gorgeous. Not gonna deny that. But like while you stick your eye in there, it's like oh, it doesn't. 
doesn't it's feel really right. hard to it doesn't it's hard for me it was hard for me to judge like okay this is what i feel good about like this is a good shot um i felt that way a lot about uh mirrorless cameras in general I've, i haven't been able to like take myself away from that oh i'm looking at a tiny little screen in here it's confused me on a lot of occasions no i get that and i think from yeah, i i like the WYSIWYG part of it like the what you see is what you get mm -hmm. um element of mirrorless um i like the idea that there's no micro uh, micro adjustments that you need to make for your focus plane like i that was my least favorite thing to do on a canon body it was like adjust your micro focus adjustment thingamabob plus 10 plus 5 right. get some charts out shoot some stuff from 30 feet out or whatever it was um just because i feel like i got in the way of just doing the job you know like well, it's yeah, like fine-tuning <laughs> fine-tuning your tools is like very important to getting the best work but it's like if it got in the way of getting the work done uh, it's just a whole other element i fully expect to get lots of hate mail from all the sony and canon people saying that you don't look work worry enough about this yada 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 um which i'm so sorry y'all but your cameras are fantastic like they're the files are beautiful the stuff i see that people make with sony stuff is incredible uh the video elements that they have built in are awesome um just and, i don't know honestly the sony a7 III has two card slots it has two card slots well then it's a good camera it's a good camera you should you should buy one you should definitely buy an a7 III buy an a7 III yeah all right anyway um thanks for joining us on episode two of office hours we'd love to hear from you though so if you have questions uh comments um if you want to hear us talk about a particular thing that you feel like is kind of shrouded in mystery let us know in the comments uh, shoot us an email in the meantime you can follow us on social uh i'm on instagram as ashton stan david's on as david a patino correct everywhere everywhere our podcast is produced by david patino myself ashton staniszewski and katie lantuck from kopr that's it if you enjoyed what we did today follow along subscribe and Listen along anywhere else you can find podcasts. We're on Spotify, Google, Anchor, Apple, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, guys. And we'll see you next time. Later.